all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Hello. <laughs> I'm David. I'm Rachel. And this is All Bad Things. Now, what does that intro mean to our dedicated listeners? That it is a reverse bad thing, Mm -hmm. and you are telling the story today. Yes. Because I have been back into South Florida to hang out with the old folks. Yes. And that took a lot of time and energy. Yes, you were gone from Saturday morning till Thursday afternoon. Yes, yes. Saw lots of elderly people. (laughs) All in one place. (laughs) Wrapping up uh, her grandparents' financial, moving, all that stuff. It was combining two storage units they had full of absolute crap. (laughs) Although finding Recessa Annie was interesting, the CPR dummy. Mm -hmm. We put that out on Twitter, I believe. Yes. Uh, Instagram. Instagram. I always get that confused. (laughs) I, I did learn um, how to do CPR when I was 11 on Recessa Annie, the weird <laughs> featured ghostly looking torso <laughs> to learn CPR on. <laughs> CPR dolls, because you see modern ones, they, mm-hmm. I mean, they they don't look that creepy. They're, there's a little bit of creepiness. Yeah. they're, they're but, all, but this particular doll <laughs> they're less creepy that was than 25 years old <laughs> looked creepy as hell. At least 25 <laughs> years old. Yeah. Pretty sure. Because I learned how to do, so I learned how to do CPR 22 years ago at first. And so, yeah, that was an old, I'm pretty sure it was that Recessa Annie I learned on too. Oh God. So. <laughs> so. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. Yes. Lots of shout outs this week um, to our fans who interacted with us, which includes Lexi and Lena and our girl Sarah Q mm-hmm. and Carol and Cheryl. Ah, oh, yes, that's right. Carol and Cheryl. Yes. They, they sound like they're, I, I said that as though they were like sisters or something. They're not. It, these are sep- two separate people. I just like how that sounds. Carol and Cheryl. <laughs> Carol and Cheryl. Carol and Cheryl. Um, also, shout out. To our girls at uh, Jen and Lindsay at Corpus Delecti. Yes. We ran their promo last week. Yes, we did. But it, it was after, we included it after we had recorded, so we really didn't get a second to chat them up. <laughs> I didn't know we, we were doing it until I listened to it. I know, right? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't, I don't remember that. <laughs> and I owe them one of our, uh, a promo of ours. But, but, I, but not trying to say that that sounded bad, but like I was just surprised. I was right. like, oh, I didn't, oh. Right. I mentioned it to you. Yes. Yeah. But um, they're awesome. I binged several of their episodes while I was uh, <laughs> driving to and from uh, Fort Lauderdale <laughs> on on 95. Or no, the turnpike. I took the turnpike. I'm sure everybody was dying to know which road I took. but <laughs> um, Our South Florida listeners definitely were. Well, there you go. Uh, but they're, they're super them. fun. <laughs> <laughs> they're super fun. And through them, I also have started listening and binged a couple episodes of uh, Moms and Murder. Because they have in common that they're, Corpus Electi and Moms and Murder have in common is that they're like moms with young kids who are also super into true crime and doing true crime podcasts, which gives me hope for our future generations. Because <laughs> it means they're raising their kids right yes. to be murderinos. <laughs> Murder is real kids. Yeah. 
Um, also, shout out to um, our girl Rachel. Rachel, Rachel. I can't even pronounce my own name, and no. it's not me. Yeah, <laughs> Rachel and her sister Rebecca are friends at Yours and Murder. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to their most recent episode, the Lane Bryant shooting, oh. which was very interesting. Lane Bryant is in like the the store. Yeah, yeah. it okay. was. In, it was like ten years ago in a suburb of Chicago. A guy oh. like shot five or shot six and killed five women in a Lane Bryant store. And they've, it's gone unsolved for 10 years. That's a lot of murders in Chicago have in the past 10 years. Well, but no, this was like apparently <laughs> sure. very different because it yeah. was a suburb and yeah. like, yeah. It, um, and they're also, they've also delved into um, the Manson family murders. Oh, Rachel was okay. reading Helter Skelter, one of my favorite books ever, but damn heavy. <laughs> never, never read it. It's excellent. But just for fun, mm-hmm. a classic novel will come up in this podcast. Oh, great. Oh. It's okay. I was about to say it. I was about to blow it. But, okay, anyway. And, there's more. Um, uh, Shout out to Reenacted Podcast for interacting with us this week. I haven't gotten a chance to listen to them yet, but it sounds intriguing. The premise sounds intriguing. So, um, even though I forget what the premise is. That's terrible. I should have looked it up. Anyway, they're very nice, and and I'm going to listen to them. And her forgetting, sorry, her forgetting what the premise is, is brought to you by... Wild Turkey 101, <laughs> Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, bottled by the Austin Nichols Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, USA. I have been to, uh, no, no, not Wild no. Turkey, um, Woodford Reserve. Yes. Yes, when I was on the bourbon trail. And. I like to get many um, bottles for her stocking. We do yes. stockings every At Christmas. Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and this particular mini bottle has got to be. Minimally Couple two years, years old. old. Minimally two. It might be three or four. It could be. <laughs> it could be. And there's still another one. Yes, there out is. There. <laughs> um, Obviously, I don't drink it. <laughs> shout out, as always, to our boy Akshay at Bloody Rocks. The Bloody Rocks. Um, love listening to the Bloody Rocks, even though I don't understand half of it. <laughs> I love the accents, though. Love, love, love the accents. Especially, I was listening uh, today, I think, and... My my favorite thing is how um, the TH sound in Akshay and many of his guests doesn't come out as a th. It comes out as a f, like a, an F sound. So it's like, they went through instead oh, of yes. through. Yes. Or for it. Uh, no, let me see. I don't know. I, I'm not going to mock, mock them anymore. It's not a mock. I actually really like it. I think it's cute. Anyway. Um, and then finally, there's so many shout outs this week, but this one I definitely wanted to get to. So on the, uh, podcasts we should listen to Facebook group. I think that's what it's called. Podcasts you should listen to or podcasts we listen to. I should look that up too. Sorry. Anyway. (laughs) Look that up at home as well. (laughs) Um, uh, somebody mentioned the Gone podcast. Yes. And I started listening to it, and I got hooked right away, which is kind of weird for me because I'm not, and I, I shouldn't say I'm not into dramatized podcasts. I just don't tend to listen to them. Sure. Um, and this is a dramatized podcast versus like a, a story, te- true storytelling or something like that. And uh, it, it's a it's a dramatized podcast that is written produced, acted, ev- edited everything by one person, Sonny Moraine. 
and they do a really good job. They're the uh, Trent Reznor slash Nine Inch Nails of podcasts. Because of the all-in-one sort yes. of thing. Yes, exactly. But if they have to take it on the road... <laughs> then yeah, they then they have to get the they gotta get the rest of the band together. Yeah, there you go. Um, but in the studio, it's mm-hmm. just Trent Reznor. Yeah, there you go. And and Sonny is a is a writer too, like a fiction writer, and you can tell because the yes. the crafting yes. like in the scripting is excellent. Absolutely. And uh, in the behind the scenes episode, they even said that it was like a. Um, more of a stream of consciousness thing that they then edit into sounding more, you know, compact, which, so it's kind of improvised, which I find really interesting too. And they're like coming up with the plot as they go, which is... The improvisation uh-huh. is excellent. Uh-huh. Like, I only listened to five minutes of it. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But uh, I easily got into it very quickly. Mm-hmm. And... Like realized, like that old format, like what we were talking about. Yeah, the uh, radio dramas. The old radio shows mm-hmm. back in the 30s, 40s, 50s mm-hmm. that got supplanted by TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, that format easily works on a podcast. Mm-hmm. It works... Like, it's not like that level of storytelling went away because it wasn't popular. It went away because right. a new technology came along. Right, Te- that included television. visual, right. and it was, yeah. But for, for audio, mm-hmm. which is all a podcast is, mm-hmm. it definitely works mm-hmm. on that format. And yeah. I tried to listen to more of it today. But unfortunately, got the wrong gone podcast. Unfortunately, there are many podcasts with gone yeah. in it, and it, I wound up takes, listening to something else. It takes a little bit of digging, but it is gone by Hot Rock Pile. Is the name of their like will, little production? I will put that into Google. Next yeah, time. by Hot Rock Pile. Hot Rock Pile. The Human Torch was denied a bank loan. <laughs> Unique, Unique New York. New York. <laughs> but the basic premise, and I'm not going to say much because I don't want to give it away, is that uh, it's almost like found footage, except it's all in audio form, obviously, right. of of this person who has. Um, like been recording on her phone, mm-hmm. like the um, uh, the voice memo thing on your iPhone or whatever, and she's just like, well, I, I have been, you know, going around my neighborhood and everything, and everyone's gone, and that's kind of where it starts, and then it just unfolds. It's um, as as the creator has called it a slow burn. It's a very slow burn, and um, very much a theater of mind. Yes, and they were inspired by Lost, which I thought yes. was interesting. Which which makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. So it's this whole is this is this a person going insane? Is this sci-fi? Is this aliens? At one point, it's brought up. Is this let's, a rapture? Is let's this, hope. Let's hope it doesn't go down the ridiculous and stupid plot twist that Lost went into, which lost a lot of people's attention. (laughs) You know, Sonny talked about that. (laughs) Sonny talked about that in the behind the scenes episode saying that they thought that, you know, it was such a great show for so long and then they were like, yeah, and even I was pissed at the ending. 
at how terrible it was. I, so I stopped watching to, it like mm-hmm. midway through like the fourth so season. So they're trying to like, avoid yeah. that, which I, I I'm uh, anyway. Th- this will not become the uh, television show podcast <laughs> or or the other podcast <laughs> podcast. Yes. Sorry, I've been going on a bit, but I found it just so absorbing. I definitely it's not everyone's cup of tea because we're not everyone's cup of tea. So and let's make sure people can find it again because it is tough to find. It is. What, so how do you Google it? Gone podcast by Hot Rock Pile. You can also look for um, Sunny Moraine is the um, the creator. Okay. So if you look up some combination of those words, it should it should pop up. Just right. throw it all in there at once. That's <laughs> just one long. And string. maybe it'll come up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I've gone on enough. <laughs> I shall turn the microphone over to my uh, my partner here. Ah, yes. Cheers. Cheers. So, yesterday I gave you a hint of what this might be. Uh, What was your guess again? Because it was a good guess. Black Plague. Yes, that was a good guess. Because you said it was historic and a big one. Yes. And so I was thinking more... I left it vague You did leave it vague. Mm -hmm. And I think that I was thinking it was European because when I was hinting about last week's the, The Great Irish Famine, I said it was... Western or some like you know like Western, Western worlds or yeah. yeah and I thought you said that yours was too so I was thinking Europe for some reason and anyway but but unfortunately due, due I won't to, be surprised due to an unfortunate <laughs> a technical difficulty ink accident <laughs> there's I tweeted a picture of um I I called it when when printer ink attacks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, my hands look like a Rorschach test a little bit. The the main fault lies with me because here's why: like I'm not good with technology. You are very good with certain uh, with technology. certain things, but Just not with computers. not with computers and printers. Uh, I finished up my research today, mm-hmm. and I've done at least five hours, yeah. five five to six. This might be a two parter. <laughs> yeah. Um, I went to print it, the first four pages printed, and then it said, like, check your yeah. ink. Yeah. And because this is a fairly new printer slash um, copier slash scanner, scanner mm-hmm. slash uh, partial robot, like it, <laughs> it actually does security around our <laughs> condo during the night. It's like a Roomba, it <laughs> yes. vacuums the floor. Yeah, because it's all of those things. I didn't really want to touch anything because I was Aww. afraid to break it. So Aww. it's just like, well, when she gets home... Like, I'll just have <laughs> yeah. her refill the ink because I don't know how to do it. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> but it is a business a piece of equipment, so, too. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, And it's one of those eco-friendly ones, so it has a refillable tank. And I had, I already had, like, a little uh, <laughs> ink thing that I had bought before. And I knew. So I had to, like, open the little seal on it. And I knew what was going to happen. And it and happened. And it happened. <laughs> And the ink spurted out. Not all of it. It's just very. A bit. It's very much like until this past season. It's very much like being a Buffalo Bills fan. Like, <laughs> I knew, you knew they were gonna, gonna fuck up. Like it was just a matter of when and how. <laughs> yeah. So I have um, ink stains on my hand, probably hands, probably for a Still. few days. It, it's probably gonna last a few days. It might. Because I've washed my hands yes, several she d- times. She does not have the black plague, people. If you, just, <laughs> no. if you run into her. Randomly in Raleigh. My my uh, fingers are not necrotizing. Um, they're just they're just filled with ink. Yes, fortunately, it wiped off the floor, yes. we, and we don't have carpet. Because can no. you imagine if we had carpet? Uh, there, yeah, there would have been no point of even trying. No. So that 
is so, all to say. <laughs> so, having said all that... I did see the topic yes. as we were trying to figure out how to get it to print right, because it had kind of backed up, yeah. Yes. So, so t- yeah. today's topic is... Are you ready, boys and girls out there? The Dust Bowl. Yeah. Imagine hearing nothing but that for about eight years, and I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Okay. Is that so how long it was? It I'm going to learn a lot. It lasted roughly seven to eight years. Okay. Um, so, the Dust Bowl was a period of severe dust storms that greatly damaged the ecology and agriculture of the Southern Plains region of the United States during the 1930s, starting in 1932 and somewhat unofficially ending in 1939. Can you, can you explain what the Southern Plains states... I, I'm, oh, okay, I will. sorry. Yes. Yep. Uh, remember, this is a long one. Yes, okay. <laughs> I should just wait. I'll save all your questions till the end, children. This is a long one, and there, there is so much information, mm-hmm. and there are so many different ways to do it. It's... It's hard to stay on like one track. Very yeah. much so. If it sounds like it's a little back Scattered, and forth, yeah. it's because it, it is. Well, it's such a significant period of history, yes. and during the Depression and the whole. I was going to say other periods of history and, yeah. come into play. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of things come into play with this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, starting no doubt in 1932, mm-hmm. somewhat unofficially ending in 1939, there okay. were still there were still mm-hmm. kind of. Well, sure, traces it doesn't of just it. magically start one day and magically There were still ends. traces of it, like, all the way up to 1941, but not much. And okay. So, the worst of it ended in 1939. Okay. Um, as high winds and choking dust swept across the region, people and livestock were killed and crops failed across the entire region. Oh, a trigger warning for animal deaths. Oh, those... I'm... There's going to be several trigger warnings. Okay. Towards the end. Okay. You've been warned. Yes. I'm warning you as well. Okay. There are Thank certain you. things you probably won't want to hear, so I will warn I'm, you. I'm usually pretty good at this stuff, okay. though. All right. But I will give you the warning okay. nonetheless. Okay, thank you. Um, it is estimated that nearly 2 million people became homeless, along with an estimated 3.5 million people emigrating from the region during the 1930s, making it the largest migration in American history. Really? More than... Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Keep, <laughs> keep in mind, like as we were talking about before, this is also during the Great Depression. Yes. While all of this is going on. Yes. So, so nobody so, was in good shape. Anymore. So as if the Great Depression wasn't enough, right. throw this on top of it. Right. The most severely hit areas were parts of Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska, Colorado, and New Mexico. Uh, I have been to Nebraska, and that's it. I have not. <laughs> I have... Um, I've not been to any of these places. Okay. None of them. I, I drove through Nebraska, I should yeah. say, and it's just flat. I can tell you that. I don't think I've flown into, certainly not driven into any of these states. The only one close is uh, Arizona, and I was just there once for three days. Mm. Um, most of these states border each other, so just imagine drawing a big circle that kind of covers them all. Okay. Or if you're... Or portions of them. Yes. Or if you're geographically challenged like I am, because I was trying to figure out, I'm like the Great Plains. Like, I know yeah. kind of where it is. Kansas makes sense. We're talking about the southern Midwest. Okay, so not, not like about. Missouri, Iowa, Minnesota. That also, I mean, there are... It was more severe. In We're the talking southern. about the Great Plains. Okay. Like this is a certain region that yes. incorporates a lot of different states. Yeah. But all those states where it incorporates it, they all have kind of slightly west southwest. Yes, I'm going to get into the geography. Okay. Of, okay. Because the geography is part of what caused this. 
Oh, okay. Uh, just the geography alone could have caused this, but there were other huh, aggravating factors. factors. Yes. Um, so yeah, just imagine that. Like, just draw a circle starting mm-hmm. in like the northern, like the uh, top hat part of Texas, and kind of draw a big circle. Oh, okay. It affected all of that area. Okay. Badly. Okay. Um, Oklahoma alone lost an estimated 440,000 people to, to migration, and about 250,000 of those people migrated to California, where they became known as Okies. Hmm. And they faced a lot of discrimination. Oh. Yeah, because they were uh, they were the, poor farmers yeah. trying to just get out of this. Yeah. That's also where the term jalopy comes from. You know what a jalopy is? I, I've heard it used as an old-fashioned term for like a broken-down-ish sort of it, car. It is. It's a broken-down car uh-huh. with everything you own strapped to it somewhere. Oh. Like a chair on top mm-hmm. of it. Because like you're migrating. Because you've got to take everything that you just, can. Yeah. And you just strap it to your car. As someone who has actually packed almost everything they've owned into a car and driven across the country. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine doing that during a pseudo famine. And with your entire family, your kids, <laughs> yeah, with your parents, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. And that's these are some people who've seen some hard times, yes, clearly. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, obviously the first thing is what caused this? Dust. Let's get into the chaos. Well, <laughs> But I imagine not just, like, house dust overcoming everything. It didn't just come out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now, to get into the geography mm-hmm. of it. The Dust Bowl area lies principally west of the 100th Meridian on the High Plains. Oh, well, that makes so much sense. Yes. Well, the only reason I know the 100th Meridian is because it's also a tragically hip song. So. Okay. At the 100th Meridian, where the Great Plains begin... Is that really what they say? Yes. Oh. <laughs> um, um, rest in peace, Gord. Yes, absolutely. Gord Howard. No, Gord. Downey. Downey. <laughs> Who's Gordy Howard? He was a hockey player. <laughs> <laughs> and, and his name was Gordy Howe, not Gord Howard. But anyway. <laughs> Maybe I was thinking of Howie Long. <laughs> Maybe. Well, what, what sport did he play? Football. There you go. One out of three ain't bad. <laughs> I got hockey, Canadian. <laughs> I was in the right ballpark for a second there. Okay. Continue, please. <clears throat> in this particular area, elevation ranges from 2,500 feet, or, for our Canadian listeners, 760 meters mm-hmm. in the east, to 6,000 feet, or 1,800 meters at the base of the Rocky Mountains. Oh, okay. So, <coughs> It's me. a huge area, mm-hmm. but they all share a, a, a common link of, of the... The land, what's a part of the land, elevation. So they're actually, because the plain states, as I understand it, are quite flat. I, I'm sure. I so guess. like Nebraska. Again, my, my geography and all that. Okay, is, but the and Rockies. Geology is horrible. The the Rockies would be on the the west yes. side of all of that. Yeah. Um, but I wonder what the general elevation is of the well, plains. Well, it's, it's twenty five hundred to six thousand feet. Okay, maybe yeah. because so I never thought of it that way because I because I'm an idiot and kind of assumed that the Great Plains states you're not were an just idiot. well, well <laughs> thank you <laughs> you're yeah not. you're right that was harsh but um, we're kind of like at sea level because they're flat but not necessarily no, they could they're be on way, a plateau they're way above yeah, sea level they're they're on yes. a plateau yeah. so just because it's flat doesn't mean it's low I mean at the base of the Rocky Mountains where it ends it's a, right. it's a, over a mile high yeah so okay. Um, so this is what sets up because of the geology of this area. Uh-huh. Um, 
The bowl? Yes. Is that how the bowl is Kind formed? of, but it's... Okay. Uh, um, the area is... All right, here's a tough word. Mm-hmm. But it is the correct word. I even looked... I even Googled it to okay. make sure I was saying it correctly. The area is semi-arid. Yes, I've heard of that. Receiving less than 20 inches or 510 millimeters. <laughs> he just decided to be so good to our, <laughs> our non-American listeners. Which we is have great. mostly international listeners... They don't know what an Not inch. Not mostly per se, but a lot, a large, a large standard. They don't fucking know what an inch number. is. They don't know what a foot is. They do because we know what centimeters are. I kind of don't, but they don't go by they that. Know what anyway, centimeters anyway, are. where I work, we're on the metric system. Yes, <laughs> everyone is on the metric system except we. Except the United US States and like one other small country. Yeah, like Papua New Guinea or something <laughs> like that. Um, so because of because of the landscape, because of every factor involved of how it's shaped, Mm -hmm. the region is prone to extended drought, alternating with what is known as wet years. Oh, so This is going to come uh into play when settlers reach this part of the earth. So there's like a natural cycle of arid or Mm semi-arid and then like wet years? There'll be droughts. Okay. And rain. It'll... And and it's 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 annual, like... Well, kind of, it's one or two years will be a drought, one or two years will be wet. So there's a natural cycle to it. Yeah. Okay. Um, During wet years, the rich soil provides bountiful bountiful agricultural output. Say that three times Bountiful agricultural Agricultural output. output. I'm not going to do it again. Bountiful agricultural (laughs) output. (laughs) I'm surprised I kind of got through that first time. You did. So it's a big farming area. Um... But crops do tend to fail during the dry years. Mm-hmm. The region is also subject... Your, sorry, why does your font change suddenly? It, it just does. <laughs> it just does. <laughs> Again, getting back to the conversation we had earlier about technology. <laughs> sorry. I hit something and I didn't know how to fix it, so I was just like, I can still read it, so I'm just okay, going with that, it. there you go. It's legible. <laughs> the region is also subject to high winds. Okay. During early European and American exploration of the Great Plains, the region was thought unsuitable for agriculture, with explorers nicknaming it the Great American Desert. Mm. Lack of surface water and timber made the region less attractive than other areas for pioneer settlement. Okay, so it's it's just like flat land, so not many trees, it's not just, foresty. It's a it's a it's a region where traditional farming and agriculture they don't know what to do with it. Or didn't, this at least back then, yeah. And kind of still, and that's what oh, leads okay. up to... But it's interesting that they used they called it the Great American Desert. I mean, I understand as they were working to explore America, mm. but we do have desert. We do. And it's not yes. in that area. It's, it's, it's just it's south of Las it. Las Vegas. And, or south it's and Nevada west of it. and parts of California. <clears throat> I called the entire state of Nevada Las Vegas. I meant Nevada. <laughs> and Arizona, New Mexico... Those are like yes. actual deserts. And remember, New Mexico does. That's true. And you said Arizona yes. too, right? No, I didn't. No, okay. But um, but New Mexico does play a part in oh. all of this. Okay. Um, and as we know from watching Breaking Bad, it is part of the desert. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, so to get people to move into that area mm-hmm. and to you know because settle. Yes. Uh huh. The federal government encouraged settlement and development of the plains for agriculture via. This is one of the biggest. Congressional acts ever passed the Homestead Act of 1862. Oh, it offered settlers 160 acre plots for very cheap. Okay, Um, it was hard to get. I did. I left it out of here because it was hard to 
get like a money. It a was con- a, like an inflation. A hundred sixty uh, acre plot for uh-huh. a part of land at this time was about five to ten dollars. Oh wow! Even yes. adjusting for inflation, even if well, you I fig- don't even, figure it was the inflation like, calculator never went back that far. I don't know what that would be today. Oh, I can much. show you one that does. It's okay. But still, that even if you adjust it for inflation, but they were that's, that's this is land that the federal government owned. Mm-hmm. Nothing was going on with it; it was mm-hmm. just sitting there. So, so to, encourage, to encourage, so yeah. to encourage people to settle there, they mm-hmm. gave them away 160 acre plots for yeah. like next to nothing. And that's a huge yes. amount. That 160 yes. acres is enormous. Okay. And this also, at this time, the Homestead Act, Homestead Act was passed. <clears throat> it was during the Civil War. So, oh. with the end of the Civil War in 1865 and the completion of the first transcontinental railroad in okay. 1869, waves of new migrants and immigrants reached mm. the Great Plains, and they greatly increased the acreage under cultivation. So, so in other words, they were starting to actually cultivate the land? The war was over. Uh-huh. The railroad was was built. Uh-huh. The Homestead Act said, hey, for right. five bucks, mm-hmm. you can have a farm. Mm-hmm. A huge farm. A huge farm. farm. Mm-hmm. So people were naturally like, yeah, let's do it. So part of the westward expansion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, now here was the, the the kind of ruse that the region was playing at the at the time. Mm. An unusually wet period. Oh. And the Great Plains at this time mm-hmm. mistakenly led settlers and the federal government mm-hmm. oh. to believe that rain follows the plow. A popular phrase among real estate promoters that is still used today. What, what does that mean, rain follows the plow? I honestly have no idea. Like a superstition? Yes. Like, oh, because it was dry before, now we're here, and now it's wet. Because we've all, you know, whatever. So, like, humans can affect the... Uh, well, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. humans can affect climate... Uh, no. Yeah, we can. Yes. But... Not in the not, sense of rain dances and stuff like uh, that. Right. <laughs> not in the sense of bringing whatever positive effect we want to have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. It's generally a negative effect. It, it's yeah, we we tend to fuck it up pretty bad. <laughs> so, um, so people kind of mm. falsely believed uh, that the the climate of the region had permanently changed. Oh. So while initial Whoa. while initial agriculture endeavors were primarily cattle ranching. Okay. Oh well, that makes sense because mm-hmm. they're not necessarily f- farming like vegetables and crops and not stuff. necessarily it's like dude ranches and well i'm sure it wasn't actually dude yeah. ranches but yeah cattle farming yeah um sorry i interrupted that's okay. your, your sentence there that's okay um so while the initial agriculture endeavors were primary primarily cattle ranching right the adverse effect of harsh winters on the cattle beginning in 1886 oh a short drought in 1890 and general overgrazing Ooh, yep. led many landowners to increase the amount of land under cultivation. So they just okay. So they started took, farming. Just took more. Oh, okay. Yes, they just took yeah. more. So overgrazing, yeah, that's a, yes. because if it's a semi-arid climate, like you're gonna run out of grass. Mm-hmm. And yeah. these next couple of congressional acts sped that along. Oh, yay! Yay so, for the federal government. <laughs> Recognizing the challenge of cultivating marginal arid land, the United States government expanded on the 160 acres offered under the Homestead Act, Mm -hmm. granting 640 acres to homesteaders in western Nebraska under the Kincaid Act of 1904, and increased the actual Homestead Act from 160 acres, they doubled it to 320 acres in 1909. So you can get like... Even more massive amounts of land mm-hmm. for dirt It didn't cheap. say if it was for the same amount of money. Probably not, but it was still oh. probably cheap as shit. Do you think that's where the saying, 
dirt cheap came from. It, it really could be. That'd be yeah, interesting to I look never into. Thought of that, but dirt cheap. It very much could be. Because mm. so now they're offering. That's going to come into play later. What they had to do with the land after all of this. Oh, okay. So between like three hundred and six hundred acres is now what they're offering. Mm-hmm. Wow. So waves of European settlers. Okay, now oh. imagine this is the early twentieth century. Yes, because you said nineteen oh four. Oh, the 1904 Ellis and then 1909. The Ellis what is about to happen in World nine War I. years? So there were Waves. people fleeing Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Waves of European settlers arrived in the plains at the beginning of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. And so again, just as what happened in the like late 1800s, mm-hmm. where when settlers first started getting there under the original Homestead Act, mm-hmm. there was an unusually wet period. Oh no, there was another unusually wet period. As again, period. a return of an unusually wet weather uh-huh. seemingly confirmed a previously held opinion oh, God. that the formerly, formerly semi-arid area mm-hmm. could support large-scale agriculture. At the same time, technological improvements such as mechanized plowing mm-hmm. and mechanized harvesting made it possible to operate larger properties yep. without increasing labor costs. Yeah, yeah. So you're giving away twice as much land, mm-hmm. in some cases almost three times as yeah. much land, or actually four times almost, as much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and between those periods, there's we're... We are officially in the Industrial Revolution. Yes, yes. Technological advances have been made, especially in farming. Because mm-hmm. that was in the the general era of, well, like, the cotton, the gin, cotton was the gin. the first yeah. mm-hmm. big one. That was Eli the first Whitney, mass. Right? Yes, that was the first mass uh, agricultural... Mechanized... Yes. Um, improvements mm-hmm. for, for uh, and mass once, production. And once he discovers that, people are like, oh, I can try to do this. And Adapting I, and, and utilizing... Yeah. And that, that innovation, even to today, has never stopped. Yeah, no, not, that's true. Not, not yeah. in the United States, anyway. Right. Well, and in many <clears throat> parts of the world, yeah. frankly, yeah. So you've got, um, at the very beginning of this, where the story will ultimately take place mm-hmm. as to what happens to the land... When people are first coming here, you've got the Civil War going on. Mm-hmm. When people first really start, um, when that area starts booming, people start buying a lot of land. Is in the ner- early 1900s where you have a lot more Europeans coming over. Mm-hmm. And then you, World War One is about to happen. Yeah. And that's going to have an effect on this as well. Okay. <laughs> as will mm-hmm. um, the disruption of the Russian Revolution, which was happening in the oh. 19-teens... Uh-huh. Which early nineteen teens, like nineteen or actually not even nineteen teens. This would be like nineteen oh nine, ten, eleven, twelve, uh-huh. thirteen. Okay. But um, so you had the Russian Revolution. Okay. Now happening. Mm-hmm. So that decreased the supply of wheat and other commodity crops. Okay. Um, and then World War One happened right on top of that. Right. That was what, 1914 is 14. the first year. 1919 is when it ended, right? That was the treaty. 18, 1918. Okay. Also the Treaty of Versailles. Yeah. Yes. Um, so when World War One happened on top of the Russian Revolution, and uh-huh. they, they intermingled. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, World War One increased agricultural prices which encouraged farmers to dr- dramatically increase cultivation. So, okay, because they could make more money. Absolutely, yeah. uh-huh. yes. Um, for example, in the Llano Estacado of eastern New Mexico. Okay, is that like a region? I don't know. 
<laughs> You're like, this sounds good. Let me just write it down. <laughs> it was in there, and now I remember. Ya no like, escatado. Now I remember like looking up what it meant, and I. <laughs> well, the hyperlink is. There. I know, but I didn't put Did it back in. Did you copy and paste? A couple of places, yeah. I know but I read, but I read through it first. I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know how slow I, I type. <laughs> um, no, you don't type slow. I do you actually. Have, you have good typing speed. But anyway, uh, the Llano Estacado of Eastern New Mexico. Llano. There's two Llano, L's. Whatever. Like like a llama. Llano, Estacado of Eastern New Mexico and Northwest Tex Northwestern Texas. The area of farmland doubled between 1900 and 1920. So then 20 it, years, there's double. It doubled, then it tripled again between 1925 and 1930. Wow. Wait, so tripled from the from 1920? From the 1920 oh, man. number in a five-year span. Man, that's like exponential. So. <laughs> that was a deep yeah. statement. <laughs> yes, it was. Time to open the Johnny Walker. There we go. I'm going to have another uh, oh, sip. cheers. Cheers. <laughs> the little bottle. Except I can't. Oh, there we go. Okay, continue on. Yes. We'll hear a little bit of a glug. <laughs> there it is. Uh, do you mind if I uh, have some Johnny Walker? Yeah, go for let it. me try a little bit. It'll be smoother than the 101. Ah, unique New York. That was very. <laughs> that was a lot smoother. Okay, so we have land cultivation doubling between 1900 right. and 1920, and then, then we have it tripling that. again. Between 1925 1925 and 1930. The agricultural methods favored favored by farmers during this period created the conditions for large-scale erosion under certain environmental conditions. soil erosion. Mm -hmm. The widespread conversion of the land by deep plowing and other soil preparation methods Uh. to enable agriculture eliminated the native grasses which held the soil in place and helped Uh. retain moisture during dry periods. I see where this so is there's headed. So there's a reason why there's a cycle. Yeah. Part of it is because of the grass that is right. native to there. Right. Mm-hmm. It, you're going to experience like a bit of a drought, but because right. you have that native grass, right. it'll get you through it until the next rain. So this is really like an example of humans messing too much with oh, the natural yes. state of yes. the land. And, and, not, and not ultimately really knowing what they were doing. Right, because they thought, they were thinking like, oh, great, it's all yeah. rainy here, yeah. but they were just And not, not thinking, I mean, nobody's, far ahead, nobody's yeah. there, there's no, there's no EPA that's coming around right. at this time and saying, hey, you can't do that. Or historical data. Yeah, there's, or, it's, they're trying to figure out as, as they go along. Right. It's not necessarily like they're deliberately turning a blind eye no. at anything. They're it's just learning. They're, they're trying to make a living. They're learning, but unfortunately they're learning the very hard way. Yes. We've learned so since then, yeah. but yeah. So, the widespread yeah. conversion of the land by deep plowing and other soil preparation right. methods, um, which held the soil in place and right. helped retain the moisture during dry periods. Now, I, I couldn't find an exact number for this, but it was it is estimated that tens of millions of acres of the natural grass was removed up to this period. Ugh. It was hard. A lot of data during this time is hard to find. Sure. There's a lot of, a lot of times when we're looking into these historical disasters, <laughs> history is just difficult to delve into sometimes because of the lack of record keeping yeah. or the conflicting records. Or just not doing the, 
like how many millions of acres are there now? How do we know how many? Right. So yeah. it's it's but it's it's believed that there were millions of acres, tens of millions of acres of of this native grass that Man. were removed. That was removed. A, a crap ton. <laughs> yes, a lot. Um, furthermore, cotton farmers left fields bare during winter months when winds in the high plains are at their peak. Oh. And then they burn the stubble as a means to control weeds prior to planting, Ugh. thereby depriving the soil of organic nutrients and surface vegetation. They're parching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, the region entered an unusually dry area in the mm-hmm. summer of 1930. So after all this, oh, it's this is great, there's all this rain. There was the man-made stuff going yes. on. Yes, and then there was and the then natural. A, just a natural. Mm-hmm. Arid period. Natural hay. The, yeah. I hate to, hate to shit on your parade, but that's <laughs> what I'm about to do. I was going to say rain, rain on your but parade, but that's, that's not what happened. I'm about to withhold <laughs> rain from your parade, and you're not going to want yes. it. And you're not going to like it at all. <laughs> That's why there are yeah. snake charmers today, and I'm not even kidding. Um, oh, man. Unfortunately, the region entered an, an unusually dry area era in the summer mm-hmm. of 1930. During the next decade, the northern plains suffered four of their seven driest calendar years <gasps> since records began in 1895. In the entire region, now this is going to be a bit of a mouthful, mm-hmm. the entire region south to west Texas. Okay, yes, I gotcha. Uh-huh. Lacked any period of normal rainfall until record rains hit in 1941. Oh, so you just have... Nine years of just nothing. Nothing. Oh. Um, and then all of a sudden, just deluge. Yes. Ugh. So that, mm-hmm. on top of, um, without the indigenous grasses in place, yeah. the high winds in the fall and, and yep. winter picked up the topsoil. And created mm-hmm. the massive dust storms oh, wow. that marked the Dust Bowl period. So okay, so it was soil erosion basically. Yes, that was that, the soil was the dust. Yes, that was being that. That's reminding me of um, the beginning of uh, what's the Matthew McConaughey movie with the crazy uh, mind bending science and. We'll get into that. Okay. <laughs> we will, but you okay. already you already figured out. Shut. Yes. okay so up to this point we've been going through the natural and man-made causes the causes yeah the lead up of Mm -hmm. why this happened right so now we're about to get into what happened okay and it's not good it's pretty grisly yeah Dust storms started to become commonplace in 1932, and there were many dust storms that took place on almost a daily basis during this period. I'm just going to focus on a couple of the big ones. Okay. Like the so ones that... it was common all the time, it happened but there were some big ones. Every day. Okay. There were some ones you're not going to believe. Like, I couldn't believe it. The scale into of it. this, yes. the scope of this? Okay. Beginning on May 9th, 1934, Okay. a strong two-day dust storm removed massive amounts of topsoil, and blew all the way to Chicago, where they deposited 12 million pounds of dust. Oh, my God. I can't even get a mental picture of what that's like. That's tons and tons and tons. Tons and tons. Just one ton is 2,000 pounds. Yes, and that's why I'm saying And we're talking about 12 million. (laughs) Yes. Oh, God. So that would, uh, I, that would be... Let's not try to math. 24,000 tons? 240,000? Something uh, like that? A lot. <laughs> um, so this is the same storm, mind you. 
Okay. Gathering momentum due to a combination of loose topsoil, high winds, and static electricity. Oh. Why do you think there was so much static electricity? Go back to our Formosa Fun Park episode. Mm. Because of all the particles in the air. Static electricity. Mm-hmm. We, that didn't have anything to do with static electricity, but... Well, the fire spread through all the particles. Yes, S- through the, the dust. Right. That's true, yeah. Static electricity has the Can same... Can do the, the same thing. Same oh, effect. okay, I gotcha. So, um, the same storm would hit the East Coast two days later. Wow, so it made this its way a, all the way to the East Coast. It made its way to the coast. From the middle to slash west. From the Great Plains. Oh, my God. All the way to the Atlantic Ocean. That's 1,500 miles at least. This one storm. So, get ready for this shit. Mm-hmm. A wall of dust that was estimated to be 10,000 feet high. That is roughly two miles. That is just shy of two miles high. Oh, my God. Blew across Cleveland, Buffalo, Boston, New York City, Boston. and Washington, D.C. at roughly 65 miles per oh. hour. Oh, my God. For five hours, the fog of prairie dirt enshrouded landmarks such as the Statue of Liberty oh. and the U.S. Capitol, where at the exact same time, lawmakers were debating a soil conservation bill. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about impeccable timing. Right? Uh, did they pass it? There is a, yes, they did. We'll okay. find that out later. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's, that's just crazy. That's, two miles high. That made its way, 65 miles an hour winds. Wow. Oh my God. That would be, ins- like if that happened today? You can't even imagine. And no. there are pictures of this. Wow. Which I meant to print out, but since you already knew I had to just pull it up on your phone. Okay. The, like, the first images that come up uh-huh. are of this wall. If you just Google, like, Dust yes. Bowl? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Well, that... How come, like, I hadn't heard of this? I had never heard of that. But Partly because uh, there's no video of it, for one. Well, sure. Uh, photography was still kind of in its infancy, and how are you going to get... There's no satellites in space or any of that kind of stuff, either. That is what's left of a farm. That's all yeah, the dust that's yeah. happened on it, top of it. It looks like um, rolling uh, um, thunderclouds or something. Yeah. It's dust. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was a horse carriage. Those things are about yeah, seven, eight feet yeah. off the ground, and you can barely see the top of it. Oh, my God. <laughs> so. Okay, now I'm seeing a, a geographical representation. Yes. Too. That, that's helpful, too. Yeah. Wow. So... Um, so much static electricity built up between the ground and airborne dust that blue flames leapt from barbed wire fences, and well-wishers shaking hands with each other would occasionally generate a spark so powerful oh it would knock them both to the <sighs> ground. They electric shocked each yes. other? Yes. Oh, my God. To the point where they flew to the ground. That's not funny, but it's funny. It is, kind of. <laughs> like, yes oh, and no. Oh, God. Motorists driving through dust storms dragged chains from the back of their automobiles to ground their cars. Oh, so they wouldn't, beca- the gas tanks wouldn't. <laughs> because ignite. the static electricity would short out engines and car radios and pose a threat to the gasoline oh in my the engine. God. 
Streetlights were coming on during the day, and the following winter, red snow fell across all of New England and uh, most of the Northeast. That's not a good sign. That happened in the year without a summer, too. Mm-hmm. Red snow. Blood snow. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what this was. Yeah. On April 14th, 1935, just a little a over a year, later, just yeah. a little mm-hmm. over a year later, known as Black Sunday. Oh, God. 20 two zero. Uh-huh. Of the worst black blizzards occurred across the entire sweep of the Great Plains, all the way from Canada south to Texas. Wait, black blizzard? Yes, which is the dust storm. The that dust, was a, okay. I, I'm sorry. Okay. I, I was had like, that in my notes. Is it coloring the snow black? It was, it was a nickname for the okay. dust for the okay, dust storms, gotcha. a black mm-hmm. blizzard. <laughs> black blizzard. Black. 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 Featuring black blizzard. <laughs> It's I'm so not metal. sure if that, I'm not sure if that's a metal band or a wrestler. It could be either. Uh, it could be, or it could be all of the above, <laughs> yes. including their debut album. And uh, it could be so. a wrestler that also has a metal band. There you go. <laughs> the dust storms caused extensive damage and turned the day to night. Oh, cool. Witnesses reported that they could not see five feet in front of them at certain points. Oh my! And that's just like walking. That's not mm-hmm. driving or anything. Oh my God! Denver-based Associate Press reporter Robert E. Geiger happened to be in Boise City, Oklahoma that day. His story about Black Sunday marked the first appearance of the term Dust Bowl. Oh, okay. Because so the Dust Bowl yeah. is. Uh, it's essentially it's it's the region and it's also the phenomenon. Right, right. It's mm-hmm. it's two things. It, it's considered to be like an event, the Dust yes. Bowl, but mm-hmm. it was also in this area that it was all originating. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was coined by Edward Stanley, Kansas City News editor of the Associated Associated Press, while rewriting Geiger's news stories. Oh, okay. So this is a snippet from okay. from mm-hmm. one of his. Um, articles? From one of his articles. Uh-huh. Spearman and Hansford County have been literally in a cloud of dust for the past week. Ever since Friday of last week, there hasn't been a day that passed that the county was not besieged with a blast of wind and dirt. On rare occasions when the wind did subside for a period of hours, the air has been filled with so much dust that the town appeared to be overhung by a fog cloud. Because of this long siege of dust and every building being filled with it, The air has become stifling to breathe, and many people have developed sore throats and dust colds as a result. They're inhaling this stuff. That's the main cause of death. Notice how earlier earlier I did not give a death toll. Yeah, you didn't. That's true. Because there's not really an official one. It would be really hard to to account for. I will get into what is kind of the agreed upon death toll. Okay. But this has so many sure, far-reaching effects. Yeah. Like you Similar can't... to a lot of our historical mm-hmm. disasters, it, it's almost impossible to definitively nail down. Yes. It's a lot easier in, like, plane crashes or mm-hmm. things that are more definitive to one single event. This is an event that could have killed somebody 30 years later yeah. because they attracted... Sure. It, it shortened know, their it lifespan mm-hmm. or what have you, yeah. So, <laughs> okay, so if that wasn't enough... Get this shit. But wait, there's Get more. Shit. Get this shit. Um, now I understand, after researching this, mm-hmm. why that part of America um, believes in the Bible so much. Okay. Because we know that the Midwest is is very, I, I don't know, Christian. Well, the, the Bible Belt and all well, that. Well, the Bible Belt is kind of Southeast. Well, yes, but, but it can... Yeah. There, there's a lot of... It wraps cons- around... Conservative ideology. To the Midwest. Here might be a reason why. Because they thought it was a plague? (laughs) By 1935, 
seemingly biblical plagues uh-huh. of jackrabbits and grasshoppers descended on the plains. Locusts! And destroyed whatever meager crops would continue to grow. Oh, damn. So, yeah, it it must have seemed like a plague. Yeah, I I don't blame them. Okay, I'm going to warn our audience here. Trigger? Trigger warning. Okay. Trigger warning, especially for you. Oh, is this the animals? Uh, Well, I just talked about jackrabbits. Jackrabbits and locusts, or grasshoppers. To combat the hundreds of thousands of jackrabbits. Oh, no. Can you even imagine that? Hundreds of thousands of (laughs) bunnies. Well, jackrabbits are different than bunnies, but They still. are. They're wild rabbits, mm. but still. Um, so to combat the hundreds of oh, thousands no. of jackrabbits that overran the Dust Bowl... Careful, Sarah Q. Trigger warning. Some towns staged rabbit drives in which townsmen corralled the jackrabbits in pens and smashed them to death with clubs and baseball oh, bats. Oh, God! What? Well, I guess that's, that was just the... But what? <laughs> To not waste bullets? I don't know. Well, uh, to not waste whatever crops were left. That, well, that's, no, that's... that. I just mean, like, there were faster ways to put them out of their misery than clubbing. Oh, get, get this as far as a, oh, uh, no. as a quick way. <laughs> Keep Th- fast-forwarding, Sarah Q. <laughs> Thick clouds of grasshoppers, <laughs> some as large as estimated to be 20,000 insects per acre. Oh, good God. Swept over farms and consumed everything in their wake. Yeah. This is a quote from possibly, probably the greatest president of all time, uh, FDR. FDR. Um, What the sun left, the grasshoppers took. Jesus. He said this during a fireside chat, which is also Uh a historical thing. Do you know what those were? Oh, absolutely. Those were his radio addresses. Of course I know that. Well, if we have... Eighteen-year-old uh, listeners—they might yeah. not even know what the well, hell. They, they might not even know what a radio is. Sure. <laughs> well, they might not be. You asked if I did. Of course, I do. I watched Remember When. Remember? Oh, that's true. Yes, I remember when you watched Remember When. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> so this was their solution to that. The National Guard was called out to crush grasshoppers with tractors and burn infested fields. Okay. Well, you got to do what you got to do. That's a massive amount of pests to get rid of. <laughs> Jeez. Twenty thousand per acre. Like I can't even. Like it's a wall. That's like the great black ant massacre of uh, what was it? Twenty fifteen that happened here in this very bedroom. <laughs> I was when not. I, I was opened, not present for that. You were not. But I swear it looked like a horror movie. I was painting this bedroom, and like right there, four feet from us, in that that very socket. I took the plate <laughs> off to paint and just it poured black ants. And that was the freakiest thing I've ever seen. That would have freaked me the fuck out. Yes, probably. it was very freaky. <laughs> so I can and and yes, I did kill a I'm a mass I'm a, I'm an ant mass murderer, even as a vegan. Not an ant meaning like your relative. No, no. <laughs> No, got, I love well, my aunt. Well, you got to keep that in perspective. A lot of people that my listen aunts. to this also listen to true crime podcasts. <laughs> no. So she doesn't mean she killed the uh, the sisters the, the or sister sisters-in-law of, of, of my parents. No, <laughs> no. Oh no. I, oh god, that oh that was awful. So I don't blame them. While I do try to leave insects alone as much as possible, I do understand the need for pest eradication. Let's continue and not talk about my problematic um, 
Keep just keep talking. <laughs> okay. I'm in. I'm halfway into my Johnny Walker. So that was the that was the fun part. That was. Oh yay! That was the Dust Bowl. That was the, the actual... that was the disaster. Okay. Now we're gonna get into the aftermath. Oh because God! How do you rebuild after that shit? This has, and there will be more trigger warnings coming up. Oh boy! So the aftermath. Mm-hmm. The extended drought became the worst in U.S. history. Yeah. Over seventy-five percent of the nation was affected, and as much as seventy-five percent of the topsoil was blown away by the end of the nineteen thirties. Wow. Twenty-seven states were severely impacted. This is, at, this, is, this is this is at this a time. Is before. This is at a time when we had forty-eight. Yeah. Alaska and Hawaii were not states yet. Yeah, so over time. half. Um, with dire estimates concerning the loss of valuable topsoil in the United yeah. States, public concern began to increase over the future of American agriculture. Yeah, that's true. Just Obviously. like, yeah, are we going to be, oh, God. So getting back to, remember when that one dust storm was going through yes, Washington, uh-huh. D.C. while uh-huh. they were in Congress uh-huh. going over a bill? Yeah. Okay. In 1935, Congress passed the Soil Conservation Act. Okay. I'm going to guess they passed that because a two-mile-high wall of fucking <laughs> dust literally like, went over their heads. Quick, everybody go get a net and <laughs> capture all the soil you can and wrestle it to the ground. It's not the same thing of that dumbass senator, whoever he was, throwing a snowball in Congress oh, and saying global warming yeah, doesn't it, exist. Right. This was a two-mile-high wall of fucking... yeah. yeah. Topsoil, yes, and like, static electricity. Um, do we and... need to do something about this? Yes. <laughs> so sadly, that appears that something like that is going to have to basically like DC will be underwater as Congress yeah. is saying. Oh, maybe we should do something maybe about climate pass, change. Yeah, maybe we should pass that uh, that climate. Uh, Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, keep so, going. Let's yeah. not get too political. That's what it would take <laughs> nowadays. It took like a biblical plague to be like, oh Locusts shit! Oh, and gra- we need to pass that so <laughs> I should have looked this up just out of curiosity to see what the votes were for that. Like right. if there were some holdouts right. being like, well, I don't fucking like it's. It's only a two mile high football of dirt. <laughs> right. Who gives a shit? Right. Um, Exxon gives Exxon gives me money. I don't care. Well, um, so. Passing the Soil Conservation Act squarely placed the federal government into the role of promoting farmland conservation for yeah. the very first time. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Thankfully, um, and I'll get into this guy in a little bit, thankfully, mm-hmm. the agriculture secretary at the time under FDR is known as the best... Really? Who was he? Oh, well, um, you're going to get it. Henry Wallace is his name. Henry Wallace. Um, think of him this way. He was the Bernie Sanders of the 1930s oh, and 40s. Oh, good for him. Um, we like Bernie. Programs were devised to teach uh, farmers new farming practices that would make soils less vulnerable to water and wind erosion. Local conservation districts were created... Your, your font changed again. Uh, it's... it's yeah. <laughs> Stop looking at my font. Sorry. <laughs> Don't look at my font. <laughs> but we're married. <laughs> That's true. But you still can't look at my font. <laughs> Programs were devised to teach farmers... New farming practices that would make soils less vulnerable to water and wind erosion. I keep repeating so I can pick up. I know, I, left I know, off. I know. That's okay, because I keep distracting <laughs> you. <laughs> Local conservation districts were created to instill the soil conservation ethic in various rural communities. We have one of those right behind our house as we speak. That's what oh, that, the little canal? Yes, that's, that's, what for, that is, that's what that is. That's right, Chad told us about mm-hmm. that. That's what that's for. Okay. Um... 
These national programs, though at first resisted by local farmers as foreign mm. ideas... Yeah, like meddling of the federal government. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which, again, still holds true today. Well... Um, they soon made a major difference in conserving and rehabilitating valuable crop production land. Okay. The farmland conservation programs remained a critical part of American agriculture into the 21st century. Those programs still exist yeah. today. All this yeah. stuff I'm talking There's, about. There's well, I can tell you that schedule F <laughs> of the can. 1040 I cannot. Is specifically for farmers. So is 4797. So F for farmer? F for farmer. How clever. Yes. But then there's also Schedule J, which is income averaging for farmers and fishermen. Um, but there, that is all to say that still, <laughs> in our tax code, there is special treatment for farmers. Again, she has brought most of her mind back, and she can do your taxes. Yes. <laughs> Please call 919. No. <laughs> yeah, no. No, I'm not going to get it. I, I, I need to get caught up before I start taking on more. Yeah, okay. you got to let that settle for a little bit. Yeah. You were studying 10 hours a day, something like that? Six hours a day? Six, seven. Eight. Sometimes. Yeah. A lot. A lot. Um, so that's why I'm drinking right now. <laughs> that's why she's onto the Sorry, Johnny Ellen. Walker and yes. the Wild Turkey tonight. These are the <laughs> empty bottles. Continue, please. The farmland conservation programs remained a critical part of American agriculture into the 21st century. In the end, a wide range of New Deal programs... Oh, geez, where have we heard the New Deal before? Um, ...were created that proved useful in tackling Dust Bowl problems. Okay. So these are the agencies that were created. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I was going to ask about the EPA. That's not a part of oh, this. Oh, okay. Nixon, okay. Nixon created the EPA. Really? Yes. Okay. Well, that was... In, like, the L.A. smog days? No, that was a little earlier than New that. New York City first. smog days, actually. Oh. Okay. Um, Continue. They included the Federal Emergency Relief Administration. FEMA! Which is, yes. Well, it was called the... Now it's called the Management. At that time, it was called the Relief Administration. Oh, yes, oh. It's the same. FEMA? Yes. It's the same. <laughs> FEMA has a better ring to it. It is the same. <laughs> the same agency, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Federal Surplus Relief Corporation. The Civilian Conservation Corps. Now, how many parks have we been to where the Civilian Conservation Corps... Oh, yes! Um, we saw that did the work. Hanging Rock. Yes. Yeah, that, there was a lot of also work at, at Hanging Rock. Also at that park in Cary. They did that, too. Bond? Bond Park? I don't think it was... It was that park we went to once. Hamlock? I think that's Hamlock the one. Hamlock Bluff, yeah. It was a Civilian Conservation Until Corps farm, yeah. project. Okay. Um, okay. There are Civilian Conservation Corps projects all over America. Oh, that's America. awesome. So that Very was cool. an organization that got started... Very Cool. Because Maybe of we this. should join the Civilian Conservation Corps. That's nice. I would have if I was 20, but I'm not 20 anymore. Oh, so. it's a lot of hard labor, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, that's right true. it is. <laughs> if you have kids, make your kids make your teenagers do sign it. up for yes. it. It's good for their constitution. <laughs> uh, the Works Progress Administration and the Drought Relief Service. Okay. Are those still all still in? Yes, those are all still oh, okay. Yes, those are all still They seem kind of niche. So Some of them have kind of molded into each other okay. or taken on a new name. Like, gotcha. Like like FIRA, FEMA. Uh-huh. is now FEMA. <laughs> FEMA sounds less scary than FEMA. <laughs> um, President Roosevelt or- ordered the co- Civilian Conservation Corps. So can I yes. can I veer off slightly? Yes. Is it Roosevelt or Roosevelt? Uh, to me, it's Roosevelt. Not Roosevelt. Roos. You said Roosevelt. Oh no, Did you I? said FDR earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I've always said Roosevelt, but I mean it is spelled Roosevelt. 
Maybe maybe that's it. You say it so quickly. Roosevelt. 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 Yeah. Roosevelt. 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 That's just a, a question I've had on my mind <laughs> over the years. I'm just going to bring it up during the biggest environmental disaster that the United <laughs> States has ever seen. Potato, potato, Roosevelt, Roosevelt. <laughs> Continue. Sorry. That's something I think I forgot to mention earlier, but this uh, is considered to be the worst environmental disaster in American history. Yeah. As yeah. A, that kind of should go without For saying. For now. At this point. For now. Um. And there are also, I've read some articles here and there that it didn't mm-hmm. include. Um, it's in contention for greatest environmental disaster Period. in Earth's history that we know of. Well. Meaning recorded history. I mean, the Irish potato famine killed a million people. It did. So. Um, but, that I, was due, I, but that was due to a virus. This was due to. It was not due to a virus. Blight, uh, a disease. Uh, well, true, I, a true. disease of plants is an environmental disaster. Chernobyl. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I mean, granted, that was due to nuclear energy, but... Yeah, malfeasance. N- nuclear disaster, but that's going to be a multi-parter when we do it at Chernobyl. Oh, yeah. But um, but still, that's considered sort of an environmental disaster, mm-hmm. right? Because that was what was mm-hmm. mostly yep. impacted was the environment. Oh, severely. So, yeah, like um, there's three-headed and, and, toads and, and stuff. And still keep in mind, well, yeah. that, but still keep in mind that this disaster is going on during the Great Depression. Yes, so no, as it's if, highly as, compounded. As if there's not enough shit to deal with. Right. I would And World War II is right around the corner. I would definitely accept greatest environmental disaster. Well, I haven't heard the death toll yet, but greatest environmental disaster in U.S. history? I'm not sure about world history. Well, no, it's the, like articles I've said, like, it's, it's, it's in there. Yeah, yeah, it's in contention. It's in yes. the top yeah, it's, 20 list or it's whatever. It's in the conversation. It's in the conversation. As they say. Um... Listen to you. So, President Roosevelt ordered the Civilian Conservation Corps uh, to plant a huge belt of more than 200 million trees oh. from Canada to Abilene, Texas, to break the wind. Oh, like a like a wall like of a, trees. Like a barrier, essentially. A barrier, oh. To break the wind, hold water in soil, and hold the soil in itself in place. In place, oh. These programs help many of the Dust Bowl residents survive long enough for the oh. rains to return. And for the renewed demand for wheat brought on by World War II. Oh. Um, and another statistic is only 25% of farmers actually emigrated. So Most, a lot of people stuck it out. The majority of the people hung in there. Wow. And I, I don't know how. I don't know why. I did start to go into mm-hmm. that a, a little bit. Yeah, but it's but another it's, rabbit trail. You know what I, I gotta say? Like, there is sort of this, uh, well, I, I think that it's pretty natural to feel this sort of, like, farmers are a hardy people. Well, they are. Like, a hardy stock. And Midwesterners yeah. are yeah. real hardy stock, sort yeah. of, you know? And I guess it's in their blood. So are people from upstate New York. They have to deal well, with... Well, yes. <laughs> have to deal and, with... and you could argue that people from a lot of places... <laughs> yeah. Anywhere where there's been historical adversity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So... Wow, that's really um, that's really admirable. Well, admirable, or they had no choice. I'm sure it was a combination, but still. So as I was saying um, about the agricultural secretary, yes, all uh, of those Henry Henry Wallace, all of I these programs Henry. that I had just mentioned, yes, um, he was a major part of. Okay, bringing together. Okay, yeah, because they would fall under his. Purview. Yes, he's yes, he's the it's agriculture pur- purview award. Yeah, purview. he's the agriculture. It yes. also falls <laughs> into the purview of another guy, um, 
the uh, Secretary of the Interior. Oh, yes. That's I, like the park, national parks and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that was another rabbit trail yeah, I started gotcha, to go down. Gotcha, I cannot gotcha. remember his name. Okay. But he was kind of against all this because he was Ooh. a hardcore conservative. Um, these were all, you've got to remember, all these programs, that's that's right. just for this. Uh-huh. This doesn't count. Social Security. No, this isn't the rest Medicaid, of the New Deal. Medicare. This is, in fact, this it's is most, just pieces of it. Most of the part of the New Deal that you don't hear about. Yes, the uh, agriculture part. Right. Of well, it. the new the New Deal was highly socialist yes. for the time, especially. Yes. Yeah. And it was at a time when the Great Depression was going yes. on, yes, it and was. we had to spend all this more money. Yep. Um, it's ballsy as hell. So, Henry Wallace was the Secretary of Agriculture at that time, as I've said several times now. Good Henry Wallace. And he is widely regarded as the best agricultural secretary to ever hold office due to his compassion and his creativity. Aww. Aww. Like yeah, he, problem solver. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like he, I've seen a documentary on him. Oh. Fantastic man. Uh-huh. He saw that because he grew up a farmer. Oh, okay. So, so he knew he what he was knew, talking about. He saw the plight of them. He knew that they were fucked mm-hmm. and had to come up with something. Oh, good for him. To mm-hmm. make it easier for him. Mm-hmm. It, it was like these ideas, these ideas would be controversial now. Can you imagine what yes. they, can you imagine what they sounded like 80 years ago? Right. There's probably a lot more desperation yes. that maybe made it a little bit more yes. clear path to be able to do but it. They but they were yeah. still. Sure, like, out there. Very leftist yes. ideas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. crazy ideas. Mm-hmm. But they worked. Yes. Holy That's shit. Awesome. Uh, Socialism I'm not, works. I'm not going to say, well, I'm not going to say all the time because. No, 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 no. Socialism run amok or communism do not work. <laughs> I'm just going to say if you have the right people in government. Yes. Government can work. Yes, absolutely. If you have the right people in place. So vote them in. We have been so far away from that. Yes. All of our entire lives. Yes. That this shit. Like blows my mind how they mm-hmm. even got any of this done. But so anyway. PSA to our fellow Americans: vote those good people in. Yeah. We have the power to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm off my soapbox. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> so now we are on to the death toll. Oh geez. The one thing I really oh, have geez. not really have not mentioned. No, you haven't. Um, oh boy. Again, because even. it's it's so hard to measure. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about humans. Yeah, livestock. So and crops again, crops. as I was saying before, there are I've seen estimates as low as twenty five hundred. I've seen estimates like as high as like forty five thousand people. Yes. Oh, what seems to be what like the, the, the most common yeah. one I saw was this was roughly seven thousand men, women, and mostly children. Yeah, because they were more susceptible to lost their lives to yeah. what was known as dust pneumonia. Now imagine Aspirate or um, inhaling that stuff. It's very similar to black lung in coal, coal miners. miners. It's yeah. almost the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, shortness of breath. Um, Respiratory distress. Yes. Uh, weakened heart rate. Mm-hmm. Like stuff like that. Well, so. because uh, it's your cardiopulmonary mm-hmm. system. Your heart and your lungs are all interrelated. And yeah. Yeah. If, you, if you're not breathing, you're not living. Yeah, and especially, can, like, <laughs> could you imagine, like, dealing with this for seven years? Yeah. That's what people have to deal with this for. I also, I'll bet, like like you said, it would just be impossible to know how many people's lives were shortened or whatever. Yes. But how many people got cancer down the line oh, or yeah, something just, like there's, that? Like or, I said, like, it, it was, Yeah. the death toll was... Mm-hmm. The hardest thing to research yes. about this because uh-huh. it's all over the place. Yeah. Like, like you said, no... from t- from barely any to like forty five thousand to anywhere right. in between. Yeah. Wow. 
but directly at least it's looking like at least seven thousand. It was probably more. Yeah, I'm, I'm prob- sure that's it probably was, the conservative estimate. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it was tens of thousands. And it makes sense mostly kids because they're the most vulnerable they're the to mo- yes. any because they're not developed yet. No, yeah, they yeah. have smaller lungs, more prone to infection and that's the thing if you're breathing in that stuff you could be aspirating mm-hmm. it. it's just i mean ugh. there's all i mean that stuff doesn't belong in your lungs no. um now there were four main animals of the great plains at this time let me guess cattle yep horses yep chickens yep and, and the other one's really obvious it's my favorite food pigs mm-hmm <laughs> bacon. I was like, bacon, bacon. Wait, no, that's not an animal. From? Bacon's uh, not rooster. an animal. <laughs> Pigs. Okay, bacon, so like bacon the, should be an animal. <laughs> so basically still the four, well, no, horses aren't eaten in America generally. Um, so not, not, like the, not, not generally. Not generally. The three biggest, so pork, beef, chicken being the three biggest Meats and then horses mm-hmm. because cattle ranches and you had, ranches horses. and also you had these farmers growing wheat growing stuff yes, like sure, that crops, so yes, yes. Mm-hmm. so a balanced meal per se without the dessert because that's what brings on the balance and without a slim gym because maybe they'd gotten around to it who knows um, <sighs> so we have cattle horses 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 we have cattle cattle horses horses ca- cattle horses could be one thing cattle horses I like cattle horses. <laughs> When I write my next fiction novel, it'll have, have cattle, cattle horses. horses. <laughs> Chick- okay. Chickens and pigs mm-hmm. were the main tenants of the Great Plains at the time of the Dust Bowl. As far as animals were concerned, obviously there was other stuff, snakes. Sure. Jackrabbits. Yep. <laughs> and Locusts. And, and, uh, grasshoppers. Yeah, grasshoppers. <laughs> um, again, I, I, this is the one that I searched and searched on. Okay. Trying to find some sort of, there's Number just two. not really well, an estimate. Well, because people don't count yeah. all of their animals necessarily. But you know that there were more yeah. animals than people. So how many? Um, so I couldn't find any estimates. Oh, okay. Um, on how many of each were killed, but okay. they mostly died of the same thing. Just the, Dust yeah, pneumonia. lungs, yeah. Um, because we're related. Yes. To an- we are animals, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they're going to suffer the same problem. So, trigger warning. For Syracuse and for me. especially for you. Uh, when the animals would be cut open to try to preserve whatever meat was still yeah, salvageable, try to... sand would flow out of the <gasps> lifeless bodies, rendering the meat unusable. Oh, so it contaminated all the meat. and then They, they just swallowed... Even... Like sand. Well, because they were outdoors, yeah. or at least not as not uh, as protected as humans. No, not yeah. even close. Damn. So that mostly happened with cattle, where they would cut because you've got to remember, like cattle you're are also huge. you're Cows also in a drought at this time. Yes. So they're trying to get whatever they and there's nothing if they can't get. Yeah. Well, there's nothing to get out of these animals. So a lot of now as a vegan. I don't think we should be using animals, but still, the purpose of these animals at that time was, before veganism was a thing, was to use them for for meat, so, like, that was all, that was even wasted, because they couldn't Yeah, there's, there's couldn't nothing. There's, there's nothing. Oh, man. That's why you have almost two million homeless people. That's yeah. why you have three and a half million people displaced. Because you can't sell that meat. There's nothing. Mm-mm. You can't eat that meat and here's provide what, for yourself. Here's what you could do. This mm-hmm. was also offered up by Henry Wallace. Okay. Another 
you know, crazy idea. Mm-hmm. Now, there were, there were still, around this time, a lot of pigs survived this. Really? Okay. So pigs were hardier than the mm-hmm. other animals? Oh, that's interesting. Well, partly because there were a lot of them. Okay, just sheer numbers. And they, yes, it was mostly a numbers thing okay. more than... So, okay. um, because of this, pork basically just deflated. The price of pork... Oh, so it was like cheaper just, than other... It, it was... Gotcha. Nothing. Okay. It was nothing at all. Okay. So, for a way for the farmers to start making money again... Uh-huh. And for a way for the price of pork to go up... Oh, okay. What do you think they did? An estimated six million pigs were slaughtered to regulate the price of pork. So they just flooded the market with pork. No, they killed them all. Oh, killed and so didn't now use there's, them. Yes. So now there are there are less pigs. Oh, so now they leveled out the playing field. So now the price of pork oh. goes up. Oh. So they killed and wasted six million pigs. Yep. Ooh. Do Do you know what that six million number reminds me of? Uh, the Jews and the Holocaust. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I don't know, that, that Ex- number kind of weirds me out. Except up. these pigs didn't have numbers tattooed on their forearms. No, thankfully. and they are not humans, and <laughs> yes. I get that. I am not a crazy vegan. Actually, they like, might have had it. something. They, they probably had like well, a gear. They, a brand. They had maybe. some sort of marking, I'm sure. But n- no, that's just... <laughs> just not a tattoo. I mean, I, I get it. And again, this was a different era, and I understand that my veganism comes from a place of privilege, and I'm not going to... The documentary on Henry Wallace that I watched, uh-huh. this was his most controversial... Suggestion and decision, because again, he's the Secretary of Agriculture. Yeah. If he says this is what we're doing, they're going to do it. Yeah, they have to do it. Yeah. That's what you're doing. Wow. Um, but it had a great effect on the value of pork. Okay. And on the value of so it regulated so, the market better. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Instead of the markets correcting themselves, <laughs> which we know works so yeah. well. <laughs> no, he made he intervened. The market correct itself. Yes. Okay. Um. Okay. Sadly, to the Demise of six million pigs, yeah. but better than the demise of six an, million people in an us will, or them situation. I will grant, yeah, it's going to be them. Can I slightly? Yes, you can. Can I? So defer. Yes. So <laughs> I am a vegan. Have been for almost eight years now, and I um, am very much an abolitionist, which means that I think that just the ideal is no, no more use of animals. But I also do concede that people at least trying to be more cruelty-free, free-range and everything is at least a step in the right direction. Um, But I also recognize that there was a time and a place, and there still are places, where veganism is not an option for everybody. And while people, some people in veganism consider that if we think that that humans are, quote, better than animals other animals then that's considered speciesist <laughs> as in like racist or sexist it's speciesist they're, now, they're, they're so offended now i agree that if you really want to like like dissect it down to that level that's true speciesist. however would speciesist hold up for the movie species which is about an alien creature i know <laughs> however i'm sorry i do I would also contend that every species evolutionarily is looking out for itself. 
Yeah, absolutely. That includes, <laughs> that like, includes horses humans. looking out for other horses, monkeys looking out for other monkeys. The, the, the whole goal of a species is to survive. To propagate, yes. <laughs> yes. So, I do value human life over animal life. So, yes, I am speciesist. However, I am also a vegan. Mm-hmm. And the Johnny Walkers kicking in. <laughs> <laughs> and I forgot where I was going with that. However. I, I'm going to pick up where you were kind of putting down. Okay. Um, the movie Avatar. Okay. Which, which you, I fell asleep which you, which you fell asleep through. <laughs> and, and that's okay. It's, I've fallen yeah. asleep through many. Uh, it, it was a cool movie for its time. It, it's, it's since been kind of dated a little bit. It doesn't like, stand it, up no, very well. No, it really no. doesn't. But anyway. Um, when they would kill other animals in that movie, they would kind of, um, like, pet its dead body and say, oh. like, thank you for the... Well, that's that's so often, I... that is often the, um, you know, the thing that people say about, like, um, Native Americans yes. and, like, the reverence yeah. for, like, I appreciate that you gave your life. And yeah. that, I, I feel Like, is... there's something to it that I never thought about until I saw that movie. I'm like, yes. I'm like, yes... That animal knows you're eventually going to get it. You know you're eventually going to get it. But mm-hmm. there's a, a reciprocation of... Or at least a reverence you know, yeah. to it. And, and I, I agree that that is better than, like, fucking factory farming and shit that yeah. we do now. Yes. And there are... I will also say that anyone who's like, well, yeah, I know I eat, like, dead chickens, but I don't want to see it. It's like, well, I'm sorry, this is what you're doing to animals. If you can't take it... I have seen it, and uh, I do still eat chicken. Yep, and if you can't take it, or if you couldn't do it yourself, maybe you should reconsider doing it in the first place. But now I've gone off so far. (laughs) (laughs) She is too many bottles deep. This is the... That is a first for this podcast, but but it's a great it's a great thing. It's because I'm not telling the story. <laughs> I feel like so I now, can just so now you know where I come in. Yes. <laughs> not story. Okay, so one topic um, that but we, we've we're never... going back on topic. Yes, we are. <laughs> so one topic that we haven't normally talked about during mm-hmm. any of our disasters uh-huh. is the influence it had on culture. Oh. This had a huge influence on American culture. Okay. This event. How so? Um, the crisis was documented by photographers, musicians, authors, and many hired during the Great Depression by the federal federal government. Can I talk about the musicians? Woody Guthrie, Woody Guthrie, Woody Guthrie. I'm getting to him. Despo, I have <laughs> heard his recordings at all. I haven't, but I'm going to listen to it now that I've done all this research. You won't really love it, but I'm it's... sure I won't. But just to just to hear it, you know. You know who was highly influenced by Woody Guthrie? Uh, Jethro Tull. No, like not even I'm close. They're fucking British. You get really offended when you're too many miles. <laughs> I was just joking. No, no, think about it. The Johnny Cash? Answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. Kansas? The answer is blowing Kansas. <laughs> Dust in the wind is what you're thinking of. Yes. No, not what Kansas. What were you saying? Blowing in the wind? I don't, who is that? Oh my god, I'm so fucking offended. This will not turn into the classic rock <laughs> podcast. Dylan! Oh, well, what the fuck Dylan? I've never listened to much of his stuff. Blowing in the wind is... Seminal, I've dude. Listened, 
I'm not going to go down the Bob Dylan road because <laughs> I have an opinion that the majority of I people do not agree with. I do. He's hit or miss, but... And he's a mess with me. Okay. <laughs> I am so... I don't know who I married. I'm so disappointed you didn't know who did Blowing in the Wind. I, I didn't. But I'm sorry. Woody Guthrie but at the same very time, much a... <laughs> at the same time, mm-hmm. you didn't know who the band Cinderella was. I knew who the band I'm, Cinderella I'm was. I'm My sister um, had us listen to an album <laughs> once. I do, and the Pixies. Yes, very well. good. Uh, two completely different eras, but that's no, okay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and the people again, who this did, will not uh, this will not become the cranberries. The, there you go. <laughs> this will not become the classic rock podcast. But also, let me because I know that there's a very seminal picture because you said photography. Of a woman. We'll get into that. Okay. Not yet. If you would allow me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm out of... You said we'll get into that. I'm out of alcohol, so I'm going to have to No, we're, all, we're almost water. done. Almost done. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> for us and for our audience. Um, okay. <laughs> the crisis was documented by photographers. I already fucking yes, did all that. Yes, you said that. Okay. Um, for instance, for instance, the Farm Security Administration hired numerous photographers to document the crisis. Okay. Artists such as Dorothea Lange were aided by having salaried work during the Depression. This is all part of part of the Conservation Corps, part of the Public okay. Works uh, program. Yeah. Um, she captured what had become classic images of the dust storms and yeah. migrant families. Among her most well-known photographs is destitute pea pickers in California. Okay. That's the name of the photograph. Yes. Uh-huh. Mother of seven children. I, I saw, I, I, I'm thinking of one, it's like a woman holding a baby and she's got a couple of sad yes. little kids around her. It depicted a gaunt-looking woman. Yes. Florence. Mm-hmm. Though at first resisted by local farmers. Oh, Jesus Christ. I got my pages mixed up. Nope. Sorry. Your font changed again. <laughs> there we go. There we okay. go. Okay. Printed a couple of pages twice. Please cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> I may or may not. You may not. So it depicted a gaunt-looking woman, Florence Owens Thompson, holding three of her children. Yes, I've seen that one. Yes, that's a that's very the, like that's the, seminal picture. Most people have seen it. Yes. And until I saw it, I saw a documentary on this a couple years ago. Okay. And I remember thinking, oh, I've seen that picture before. Yeah, it's I just, famous. Very I just famous. didn't know mm-hmm. what the context was. Like, remember this those the, big coffee table books that mm-hmm. like Time Life would yeah. do? It's one of those mm-hmm. like big pictures. It's so. a picture pretty much everybody has seen. It's very but they famous, just yeah. Might not know what it's, it's from. It's famous like that one of the girl with the super bright blue eyes. Yeah, from National Geographic. Yes, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, the reason the picture became so famous because it, it, it expressed the struggles of people caught by yeah. the Dust Bowl and raised awareness in other parts of the country of its reach and human uh-huh. cost. Uh-huh. Yeah, put a face to it sort mm-hmm. of thing, like poster child. The work of independent artists was also influenced by the crisis. Author John Steinbeck uh-huh. wrote The Grapes of Wrath yes. about migrant workers and farm families displaced by the Dust Bowl. Mm-hmm. After doing all the research on this, mm-hmm. I'm really upset that in high school you didn't read- I didn't have to read it. I read Red Pony by John Steinbeck. I think that year... That's the only story I've ever read. I might have read a separate piece that year. Because they were talking about okay. it's, it's like a... It's like sp- Catcher in the Rye, one of those I read that basic, too. Uh-huh. Um, uh, the Not jung- basic, the, but The Jungle, I read it uh, uh-huh. my freshman year. So 
And I am kind because I, I An just historic don't, novel. I just don't know if I'd have the patience to read it now. I, yeah. I doubt it. I gotcha. But it's we'll like see. Steinbeck, Hemingway, yeah. like the great American authors. Yeah. So. I, I'm sad. I've never read any Hemingway either. Sadly. Really? No. I read uh, Old Man in the Sea. No. Never. I, uh, I read a lot of Stephen King. Um. <laughs> <laughs> who, will, who will become one of the great American authors for future generations? Sure. Yes. But uh, I kind of wish I had read that book in high school to get a feel for it. I probably yeah. wouldn't have gotten it at the time because I was a snot-nosed uh, <laughs> well, fucking teenager. It was also but, uh, made into a pretty famous movie with yes. Henry Fonda. Yep. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll check. I'm sure your mom has it. Yeah, probably. She, she I'm probably sure she's does. seen it. Yeah. She's probably got the DVD. Do you know where that phrase comes from, The Grapes of Wrath? Uh, not necessarily. So I forget they were if it's crushing an, grapes on so the ground. I forget if it was an to actual, make them more valuable or something like that. If it was an actual biblical reference, but I know it's in the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Oh, okay. Which is a glory, glory, you, hallelujah. Yeah. So it's, he is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. Well, speaking oh. of music, yes, many of the songs of folk singer. Woody Guthrie! Such as those on his 1940 album, Dust Bowl Ballads. Yes! Talk about putting yes. it right on the, right, right on right the on nose. Are about his experiences in the Dust Bowl era yeah. when he traveled with displaced farmers from Oklahoma to California mm-hmm. and learned their traditional folk and blues songs. Yeah. Yeah. The 2014 uh-huh. science fiction film... Oh! You uh, mentioned it before. Damn it, what's the name of it? Oh, Inter... No. Yes. Interstellar? Yes. Is that the name of it? Yes. Why was I thinking... I was thinking it was that were one you with thinking, Leonardo DiCaprio were you thinking, the alternate dimensions and dreams. I, I can't remember the name one. of that one. I can't. Somebody's going to name yeah, it for somebody us. Somebody will. Yes. I did see it. Um, but yes, we went to go see it at the theater. We did. That uh, was we, a mind blowing. We, we movie. left uh, with our brains like somewhat melted Jeez. and not understanding what the fuck went on. I left that movie <laughs> like <laughs> contemplating life and reality. I left that movie um, thinking you shouldn't make a movie that requires fourteen PhDs <laughs> in various fields of math, science, and literature in order to somewhat slightly understand what the fuck just happened. Like, I was just like, what, I, I was like, what the fuck? But you've watched it like 16 I've times watched since. It, I think I've watched it twice since. Maybe yeah. three times. Yeah, you've watched it a few times. I still don't fucking get it. Well, still. Anyway. But there was a dust bowl in that. <laughs> anyway, the 2014 science fiction film Interstellar was inspired by the crisis as well as the film, mm-hmm. um, and as well, the film the film deals the film the film deals with a fictional 21st century America, yeah. which is again scoured by dust storms caused by at this point a worldwide pathogen affecting all crops. Mm. The movie itself also featured clips from Ken Burns's The Dust Bowl documentary. Really, towards the end of the film, where the house the main characters grew up in has been turned into a museum. I caught that when we saw it. Wait. The movie, <laughs> I know it's kind of confusing. The movie Interstellar. The movie Interstellar okay. showed clips from the documentary by Ken Burns, The Dust Bowl, towards the end of the movie, oh, where he, do you kind of okay. remember that? Where he's yeah. on his and then the, there's, new they're, planet. They're and, in the land where like yes. the earth is going upwards. Because I remember when we were watching that, I was like, that's the Ken Burns oh, documentary. Okay. I'm like, why is that in this movie? Was, like, that he, was weird. They were mirroring that. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yes, it's even affected a work of, well, fiction in this yes. case uh-huh. that happened sure. roughly 80 years after this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and 
that was all the research that I could fit into. An hour and a half. Wow, it's been that long. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought this might be a two-parter, but I thought maybe I could squeeze it into a one. We might go ahead. I, I think because of the flow, I think it's we'll a probably one. just keep it. Yeah. But, um, It'll be a megasode. I mean, I was watching... Um, what the hell was I watching last week? I was watching some movie last week. Mm-hmm. Now I, I don't know why. I can't think of the name of it. Because you're over 40. It might be. Um, <laughs> but um, it had mentioned uh, the Great Depression Okay. in it. And I was like... Sort of I'm like I'm like, that's a fantastic thing to do research on. But mm-hmm. it doesn't fit it, what we do. It, it doesn't. It, it really doesn't. It's an because, economic depression. Well, it's it was... It was to... economic, but it was... It was... It, happened because a lot of crimes happened. Like, I consider the Great yeah. Depression a bit of a crime. Yeah. So it doesn't quite fit. But the 20s, 30s, 40s era mm-hmm. of American history is... It's fascinating. Fucking fascinating. Like, it really is. It's well, amazing. And, and of disasters like that do follow under, fall under could you, our... Could you imagine our current government? I'm, ta- I'm talking about everybody. I'm not talking about just Republicans. I'm talking about Democrats... Independence. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if the Dust Bowl on top of a Great Depression, on top mm-hmm. of a war, oh God. on top of a drought happened today? Well, and, and you know what? What a fucking mismanaged fucking disaster it would be. And in that in that sense, like when people say, like, like you said, you know, potentially our greatest president, FDR, because we didn't fall apart. Right. Like, we're, we're, there we're, was we're, almost we're, everything could have been so easy to be, do just that. Because we were still a country that was over still 100 growing. years old. Yes, but, still growing. But not, like... Not a superpower. No, and not, like, a thousand years old or, you no, know, like... Not like, a dynasty. No, not a monarchy. And this is a this democracy. Is, and, and it's early American imperialism. Yes. We've gotten used to it since right? then. But, um... Because um, it was almost 100 years ago now, but, yeah. But the, this period of time is fascinating. It is so fascinating. This article, again, it's, it's one of those things that could go a million different mm-hmm. ways. You could take so many different angles on it. Um, you did a good job. I, I tried. You did. You I, did a really good I job got, keeping I got it focused. I got exhausted trying to figure out where I, I was going to put what. It's, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. The research is the hardest part. <laughs> yes. So keep in mind, I did six hours of research for you fine people. And he I did do, so good. And I do agree that you are fine people. Aww. We appreciate your patronage. So much. Yes. Um, rate, review, res- rescribe. Rescribe. <laughs> Follow us uh, at All Bad Things Pod, Twitter, in, Insta, Insta, Facebook, Facebook and at gmail.com yes. and dot com. Yes. <laughs> this has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. We'll see you next week. <laughs>